RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Economically, it's a tough time right now. Interest rates are rising, there are labour shortages, residential rents are up, house prices are down, almost everything is more expensive. All these issues are exacerbated by world events, including the war in Ukraine. And that means cash flow is tight for everyone, including those in the medical profession. That's according to Nick Fennessy, Director and Partner at the Bongiorno Group. He joins Mark Bremner, the Bongiorno Group's Senior Financial Consultant, to discuss options for surgeons who are looking to get ahead financially in the near and long term. First, Chris Ashmore asks Nick Fennessy how the economy is affecting people's spending habits. From the economy point of view, things are getting a lot more expensive, basically. And after COVID, after our lockdown, people have started spending again. As people spend more, it puts inflationary pressure into the economy, which means it pushes up all the prices. Now, if you don't have all the supply coming through, then the limited amounts that are available get more expensive. That's inflationary pressure, puts prices up on everything. So what we're seeing now is everyone's spending money and spending money and spending money and spending money and the government are going, all right, things are getting more expensive, people are spending too much money. So we need to rein that back so that the prices go down again to a more sustainable level. That's what the government want to do. They've got their set targets that they want the economy to live within and we're far above that at the moment. Anything you want to add, Mark? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the other interesting thing, is that we've seen rates rise, for example, by 3% in a relatively short period of time. And I must say that in my 40-year history in the bank, I can't recall seeing a period where we've had rate rises of 3% over a short period of time. And at the same time, you know, cost of groceries have gone up recently by between 15 and 20%, rises in the cost of fuel, cost of utilities. All these things are happening at the same time, and we're still to feel some more pain with regard to those things. It wasn't too long ago that many people had the opinion, oh, you know, a bank's too harsh in allowing like a 3% buffer when assessing your borrowing capacity. And when rates were in the twos and threes, that might have seemed a bit harsh. But, you know, here we are, you know, nine months down the track, that 3%'s been chewed up already. So, you know, to me that explains very clearly why people, regardless of what you earn and what your commitments are, are feeling it. Now, Nick, if I can turn back to you, are the current conditions likely to stay with us or will things get better, do you think? They will stay with us for at least 2023 and maybe into 2024. So cyclical, economy is cyclical. It goes up and down. It depends on the periods of time it goes up and down. So at the moment, the the economists or the experts reckon that it'll continue on for this year. You'll have more interest rate increases this coming year to reduce down the inflation rate and to bring people back into the into line with where the government want to be. So it is going to be an extended period for the rest of this year. Hopefully after this year, things will either plateau or they're even expecting some drops in interest rates over the 2024 year. So hopefully that will come into play. Already the news reports have seen people have stopped spending in, in the new year. So that will help that situation. But there is a, a lag with the economy, with spending and and the government figures. So the Reserve Bank is reactionary and 
they will react to what we've done two, three months ago and make changes accordingly. Things may have already changed in that period of time, but they won't know until a few months down the track. So we're going to see that uh, there's a bit of pain still to go, but now's a really good time then to make sure you do what you've got to do and make the changes now so that it takes into account any sort of bad news or any impact that's going to have in the next 12 months. Mark, anything to add? Uh, Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's my personal opinion, that's all it is, but it seems to be on track with a lot of economists and what they're saying. And I read an interesting article in the Fin Review a couple of days ago where they were suggesting that expect another rate rise next week and then possibly even one in March and and maybe even another one mid-year. So there's still a little more pain to come. It also seems to be fairly common opinion that around the start of 2024, we might start to see some movement downward. But, you know, of course, that's not going to happen overnight. Um, that'll happen progressively, right? So so it's not going, if that does occur, it's not going to be an overnight fix. It's going to be a progressive thing. It'll take a while to take full effect. So it's important to act now and, and be prepared for that sort of thing. Also with, uh, you know, property values too come into play here. They say that nationally we've probably experienced a bit over 7% drop nationally. They still think there's a little bit of pain to come there as well. That may or may not affect you because I think the days are gone where, you know, we talk about, you know, the market. There's no such thing as the market anymore. It it depends on the pockets, you know. In in fact, some areas have done well through all this. But generally, there's the movement downward on property values, which will have an impact as well. Well, Mark, with money so tight, what can surgeons do to free up some cash to ride out this current phase? Yeah, well, there's a number of things you can do. And I think, you know, let me say first up that I really think waiting is a problem. I don't know anybody that's achieved anything positive by by waiting. It's important to, if you think it's potentially an issue for you, you're finding it a bit of a struggle already, it's important to have a conversation with us and let's see if we can find a good solution for you. By waiting, potentially your situation gets harder to fix. By that I mean... As rates keep going up and we've still got a little more pain to go, serviceability or your borrowing capacity gets tighter and that starts to discount a few options. So it's best to talk about it sooner rather than later. And uh, typically the sorts of things that we look at when we're trying to give our clients some relief in terms of cash flow is we look at re-originating the loan over a new term. For example, if your loan is currently, if it has 20 years left to run, we can look at rewriting it over a new 30-year term, which straight away would reduce your committed monthly repayments. Now, the downside of that, I guess, is people say, well, yeah, that's okay, but over the journey, then that mean I might pay some more interest. Well, yes, it does, but you've got to look at, well, what's most important to me at the moment is cash flow my real concern. And if it is, this resolves that temporarily. The other thing you can do is you can have your loan redone over a longer term so that your committed repayments are much lower in readiness for, you know, if things do get tight for you, but you can keep yourself committed to the original term. For example, you can keep making your repayments in line with what your 20-year term was so that you're still getting rid of it within the original time frame, but you're not tied to it. So that if you have a tough month or a tough couple of months, you can back off on the repayment. So it just gives you a bit of breathing space. So that's one of the things we do. Uh, one of the other things we look at is maybe going to an interest-only option, you know, if your borrowing capacity allows that, while rates are a little high, and you can always revert that back to 
principal interest repayments at any time with a phone call. So that's something else we can do. And then probably thirdly, what a lot of people do, I know I've done it personally myself, is get an equity release. So you can have a facility, you know, call it 100,000, for example, just to have available when things get tight and to call on in need. And it's not a bad strategy regardless of what the times are. Personally, I've had one for 15 years that I've never used and I hope I never do, but it's nice to know that it's there in case I do. Terrific. Well, Nick, anything to add? Yeah, the equity release idea is a really good remark. This is something I did myself over the last six months. So I've got, I think it was 18 years left on my home loan and I had some costs coming up and the interest rates having an impact. So I went and refinanced my loan over a new 30-year period. But what I was able to do, I was able to actually capitalise on doing that because not only did the monthly amounts I had to pay for my loan reduce, it freed up some equity in my property, which then I went and used to invest more into superannuation to bolster up my super, which is a great long-term plan, and also to invest in other investments like stocks and shares. So now I've got these other portfolios that have been bolstered up by using that equity I've been able to release, but my monthly repayments on, on the overall loans are the same as what they were before. So it's been a really good uh, situation for me. In some ways, people go, well, interest rates going up is a really bad thing. Well, no, it's not really, because you can adjust and modify your circumstances to actually bolster up your long-term sort of financial wealth going forward. So that's good. And a lot of people might go, with interest rates rising, I'm worried there's mortgage stress. And, you know, there's 23% of mortgage holders at the moment are in mortgage stress, and that's only going to increase. During the GFC, you know, mortgage stress around the country was 35% of all homeowners. So it's probably not going to get as high as that, but there's always an answer and there's always a solution to everything. So don't get yourself stressed. Go and look at one of these options or ask what the options are. And we were always told there is always a solution to everyone. And surgeons are no different to everyone else, okay? A lot of, I hear a lot of people say, oh, surgeons, they're fine, they make lots of money and everything like that. That's not necessarily the case. With all my clients, surgeons, they are just as stressed as everyone else with this sort of stuff. They are just as concerned, okay? So these issues and these problems are not just for the normal everyday person out there. They are for everyone, and we know that, and this is why we're trying to get this message out to the surgeons today. Absolutely. Now, do you have any examples on how restructuring a home loan could lead to better cash flow, Mark? Yeah, we've run a number of scenarios, some of which have been published, just to get people thinking and talking about the sorts of things that they can do. I won't share the rates and the the actual mathematics behind it, but just the concept, for example, I'll give you a quick high-level overview over three scenarios you could probably do. So, for example, a million-dollar home loan with 18 years left to run, if you refinanced it over a 30-year term, the actual monthly committed reduction in repayment is about $1,667. This is assuming a certain rate, for example, used 4.93, for example. So that's one way that you can get some instant relief in terms of your monthly cash flow. Another example we looked at was a home loan of 800000 that had 22 years left to run. We thought, what can we do for this client? They wanted some relief, but they always wanted a bit of a backstop there, a line of credit to have available in case there's hard times. So we looked at rewriting that 22 year loan over a new 30-year period and set up an equity release or a line of credit of 100000 what that meant to them in terms of monthly commitment was actually a reduction 
of 178 bucks a month. So there was essentially no change to their monthly commitment, but they managed to get this additional 100,000 facility, which gave them great peace of mind. And then lastly, which is often a good outcome for people that have investment properties, again, a million dollar home loan, had 20 years left to run. We refinanced it over a new 30 year term and put it on 10 years interest only because you can do that. Um, and that resulted in a cash flow saving or a committed monthly repayment saving of just over $2,000, which is significant. The thing about all these types of scenarios is it's important just to get the conversation started with a lot of this stuff because a lot of people don't know that these things are options. For example, a lot of people understand since the days of the Royal Commission and responsible lending, it's quite common knowledge now that Age can potentially be a problem. For example, banks consider your usual retirement age at 75 and they like to see that if they're approving a loan, that the overall term would see it expired or repaid in full before you reach the age of 75. Well, yes, that applies in, for example, purchase of an owner-occupied home or your family home. But for example, if you've got investment properties, which many people have, age is no longer a problem because... If you can show the bank, and this is where we help, that you have what we call an exit strategy. Now, an exit strategy is what they refer to as a second way out. So being able to repay the loan within the desired term doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all because your exit strategy can be sale of the asset. For example, if you have an investment property, when you decide to stop working and you wanted to retire the debt, you didn't want any debt at all, then you can always elect to sell that investment property, repay the loan and pocket the profit, and you've still got the family home to live in. So what banks are always concerned about is that they don't ever want to see a client in a situation where they have to exit the family home through financial hardship. Investment loans are a bit different because you have what we call an exit strategy. So, you know, I've done loans, for example, in the last 12 months for clients that are in their 80s and had 20-year loan terms approved. Why? Because they have an exit strategy. They can elect to sell that investment at any time, uh, cash it up and get rid of the debt. So if you've got an investment property, we can maybe, and it would be a smart strategy, to look at refinancing that one first over a longer term, reduce the committed repayments on that one, which, you know, in effect does many things, but probably the two most important is gives you instant cash flow relief, but also enables you to focus on repaying the home loan first, which is what you probably should be doing anyway, if it hasn't been structured like that to begin with. Let's focus on repaying that first and have our committed repayment on our investment as low as we can make it. You've both covered a lot today, a lot to think about. And for surgeons who are listening to this and they're unsure of the first step, what should they do? Nick? Well, first thing they should do is they should actually talk. They should initiate the conversation with their advisor, their financial advisor. If they don't have a financial advisor, then I would encourage anyone who's listening today to contact the Bongiorno National Network and we will put you in touch with an advisor to have a, a discussion with you. It doesn't cost anything to have a discussion, but it may save you a lot of time and effort down the track and money down the track. I always say every, every client's circumstance is different. No one is the same. And we always have the water cooler conversations and my friend said this and my friend said that. I would just say to the surgeons out there, investigate your own circumstances because they are your circumstances. No one else is the same. Speak to an advisor. Let them work through your situation. 
let's see, run the different scenarios that they have for you, how they can help you and present that to you. You might be surprised at actually how beneficial it might be for you. And because the Bongiorno National Network look at a holistic advice, then the advisor might be able to actually help in other areas of your life and your finances as well. Everything's interconnected. So if you can get all these things in the one place, then you might win on different angles or different levels. So speak to someone first and listen to the expertise, listen to their knowledge. They've been through this a long time before. As I said, Mark's been in this business for 40 years. I've been in here for 30 years. Uh, we know what we're talking about. We would go to a surgeon if we ever had any issues with that sort of stuff. So it's the same in reverse. So start the conversation. Let's see what can happen and you end up better. Nick Fennessy and Mark Bremner. The Bongiorno National Network. Please remember, as this general advice has been prepared without taking account of your objectives, financial situation or needs, you should consider the appropriateness of this advice before acting on it. If this general advice relates to acquiring a financial product, you should obtain a product disclosure statement before deciding to acquire the product. RAC's Post-Op Podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.